When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again and welcome to Crime and Music. I'm your host, Brian J. Kinsley, and with me as always, my friend Ben Rupel. What's snapping, Brian? Every other week, we'll bring you a new true crime podcast about people in and around the music industry and their misadventures into law-breaking. If you like music history, murder mystery, people with eccentricity, you've picked a great listening choice for the next hour or so. Share with a friend, tell a relative. Right now, we're trying to get people in the big cities. If you have people and friends or relatives in Chicago, NYC, LA, uh, anywhere down Louisiana way, New Orleans, um, up in Seattle, Washington, or Maine, send them your favorite episode. Tell them to check us out. That would be a big help. Uh, also, if you'd like to talk to us, drop us a line. Let us know how you're doing. New Our York email City. is feedback. <laughs> Our email is feedback at crimeandmusic.com. Find us on all the social medias at Crime and Music or my favorite speak pipe. Go to our website. I even moved it around for you. It's right at the top there. Just click the speak pipe pipe icon and uh, you can leave a message right for me and Ben. How you doing today? Well, uh, I'm I'm good. I mean, all together, really good. My friend Bob invited me. He's like, dude, let's go to Vegas. Get two weeks off of work because he was switching jobs. There you go. He says, let's just get a plane ticket. We'll go to Vegas. I'm like, I'm kind of busy with baseball. Um, no, I'm not. It's snowing. <laughs> well, we're not going to be talking about Vegas today, but we will talk about some things that are kind of like Vegas-like. We're going to talk about smoking cigs, All dicking right. around, and the English. The English. Well, cigs. it's kind of with smoking cigs. Cigs, yeah. Cigs, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, I'm getting a 60s, 70s uh, British rock vibe. I, ha- I don't want to say I'm not. I want to give you a thing anywhere here or there. We're gonna play your favorite game, Guess the Guest, and we'll find out. All right. All right. I think you got a chance, but I'm not. I don't know if you know this person or not. Well, I'll just say that. But I think you okay. got a chance. You're in, you're in the right ballpark right now. Well, I mean, that's always my first question is, Brian, do I know who this is? <laughs> and so you don't I'm gonna know. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. It's a definite maybe. We'll get there. All right. All right. Uh, first hint is uh, Mal. Pow, pow, pow. No, Mal, as in, actually, Mal, as in, like, Firefly, uh, Mal, but, like, malnutrition was the joke. Mal. All right. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, Rocky. Okay, no. Um, Rocky. Okay, Mal, no. Rocky, no. Rocky, okay, no. Lead, now. I I feel like I'm stuck. I'm I'm thinking in a very small circle here, but I got to expand. I got to expand my head. Rocky, Mal. A little bit. Go ahead. Uh, Lead is the next one. Now, I'm not, not lead singer, but more like Alex Lifeson, Victoria Adams, posh spice type of position in the band but lead lead all right 
Okay. Uh, handle. No, I, I, I none of these are even sparking something I can make up. Uh, that's no, funny. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. You'll know. Uh, handle. If you think about it, like maybe the Brazilian pronunciation. That's for all the Brazilians out there. Brigado. Handle. Handle. Honda Housey. Just Ronda. remember. Uh, okay. All right. No. Am I going to lose this one? Yeah, you're pretty yeah, close. You yeah. got 12 seconds. No, you're, yeah, <laughs> uh, you're going to lose. Uh, Rand. Like Ian, Rand McNally, but Ian, Rand. Ian Rand? Ian Anderson? Rand. Ooh. Oh! Jethro Tull? What's your guess? It's time. Uh, no, it's close. It's actually uh, Randall William Rhodes, a.k.a. Randy Rhodes. He's a guitar player from Quiet Riot, Ozzy Osbourne, all I, that stuff. I, I mean, the name, the name's familiar. Yeah. There you but, go. But I, I, can't, I, I'm definitely not gonna tell you I know anything about this, which is okay, because I'll honestly. So, you know, I've noticed as we've been doing this now for how how many years? Two, two, three years, whatever. whatever. Two and a half, yeah. Um. So when you have a topic, I don't know anything about. It, it gives me an opportunity to sit back, relax, and and hear a story because there's always something you weave it around you know through the person's life and there's something that tags a moment where i can put it into perspective or at least into a context in history and i'm like oh and then it fills in some some gaps so who, what's what's this what's this cat's name rand rand mcnally rand <laughs> rand mcnally this is the tale of rand mcnally map maker extraordinaire all right no me. my man it's uh december 6 1956 born randall william rhodes aka randy rhodes in santa monica california usa bro and he's not a wrestler uh no that's dusty rhodes or dustin rhodes i was looking at that <laughs> I was going to get a quote and a thing like, oh, you want to go talk out to the Dusty Roads? Oh, you come down to the ring and Dusty Roads. Because honestly, uh, no, we, this is we Randy just, Rhodes. We could just turn this whole entire podcast with very little <laughs> effort into a, 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 a wrestling podcast, I feel. We've talked about it, and we're not even that big into wrestling. I swear we're not. We're not. Well, all right. Since you teed that one up for me, I do want to put a little disclaimer out there. I am going to do a lot of bad voices and accents today, but it's only because there's a lot of people in this story. Some of them are British. Some of them are English. Uh, some of them you know. Some of them you don't. But I'm going to do my best to try and keep them separated. And so to do that, I'm going to have to rely on my accent skills. <laughs> okay, so... Just, so just like any prepared. other crime and All music right. here. <laughs> we are, yeah. Well, like any other crime and music, we're not making fun of the victims. We're making fun of the absurd nature of life of rock and roll or music fame and the poor choices those people make. And somewhat so. making fun of ourselves. So, you know. Oh, always making fun of ourselves. Absolutely. My life's a joke. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I got a punchline <laughs> or two over here in this house. That's for sure. There you go. Well, bro, we're in Santa Monica, California, all right, and uh, we got Dolores, that's your mom. Dolores? Dolores. And uh, this guy, Randy William Rhodes here, he's the youngest of three children. His parents are both music teachers, so probably from hippies, bro. Uh, his brother's also a musician. He performs under the name Kelly, K-E-L-L-E. Kelly. In 1958, Rocky, we're going to call him Rocky because that's what they called him in uh, Quiet Riot. So Rocky, rock, rock, anyway, Rocky, 17 months old. His father leaves a family and remarries another lady. So his dad bails. All right. Well, uh, he all was three a children. hippie. 
He was a hippie. Oh, yeah, yeah right. What'd you think was going to happen? All right. Uh, <laughs> being a good mom, Dolores raises all three kids by herself. She received a bachelor's degree in music from UCLA, and she plays piano professionally. So after a while playing piano, she opens her own music school in North Hollywood called Musonia to uh, support her family and the kids. She starts called, her own music school. It was called Musonia? Musonia. Yeah, you nailed it. Like like an Italian Musonia. Yep. That's right. pretty much what I got out of it. I feel like... No, I, we're, I we're, like, we can charge more. We're European. Eh, it sounds like some appropriation, but whatever. Go ahead. It's the fifties, man. There's Work no for appropriation. <laughs> Work for there you go. It's the whole music business is appropriation. This hey, you're gonna wreck the show, dude. Stop it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, every single song that's ever been made is what three chords, blues riff, and <laughs> G C and D, baby. Yeah. G C and D. All right. Put them right. however you want. All right. Well, uh, speaking of GC&D, the Rhodes family did not own their own stereo, and the children created their own music at home to entertain themselves. So, hey, man. What's that new song I heard the other day coming out of the bathroom? <laughs> like, let me hear it. So I think they start jamming their tunes. Your kid was beating on some pots and pans. He sounded pretty good. Would you like to <laughs> sign to a record label? Yeah, all right. Not yet. Not yet. Rocky's listening to the Beatles and the Rolling Stones when he was a kid. and He'd imitate their performances with his brother Kelly in the family garage. Uh, approximately the age of seven, Rocky begins folk and classical guitar, both kinds, lessons at his mother's music school. He becomes interested in rock guitar and begins taking lessons at Musonia from Scott Shelley. I remember the day that uh, old man Schaefer talked to my mom and he was like, ah, Miss Kinsley, I got to tell you, your son's just too darn good. I got nothing more to teach him. And much like that, Scott Shelley goes to Rocky's mom and he says, I can no longer teach your son. His knowledge of the electric guitar exceeds my own. That's what the guy so, said about the. How old was the kid? <laughs> uh, he's got to be somewhere like twelve or so. Huh. That was so. one hell of a teacher he found. <laughs> well, again, his, both of his parents are music teachers. I mean, and he doesn't have a radio, so what are you gonna do? I mean, well, I guess if his parents are both music teachers, why they gotta find him an instructor? because uh, they don't teach she's a p- she's a piano teacher and rocky also receives piano lessons from his mother to help build his understanding of music theory uh what do you know about music theory ben explain that to people real quick i don't know anything about that but i will say i wish the first instrument i learned how to play was the piano because i think you can really build everything from being able to see how music's laid out in a very like linear pattern and the repeat the repeating notes oh, yeah. on a on a keyboard where on yep. a guitar it's just random <laughs> it's like the most i feel like there's an order uh, uh, you know big fat string on the top little skinny string on the bottom unless you're Jimi hendrix oh there's uh, there's an order but <laughs> it's not apparent for like the first 30 years of playing the guitar and then after about oh, 30 yeah, years yeah, yeah. about yeah. 30 years you're like oh that's now why it. it's laid out like that. All right. Man, That's I get it. I finally get it. 30 years. And now I'm done. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Okay. Well, uh, much like knowing you for, geez, 40 years, uh, Rocky meets his future bandmate and best friend, Kelly Garney, while they're attending John Muir Middle School in Burbank, California. And they go in the garage, do karate, and become best friends. Burbank. I think about uh, the Price is Right. The uh, Bob Bob uh, Barker. 
Wasn't he from Parker. Burbank, California? Or they recorded Have from your Burbank? Pets spayed or neutered? Yeah, I think he's still alive. I feel like Bob Barker's dead, but prove me wrong, people. I think he's prove still me alive. I, I, we're going to go with he's never going to die. Well, we got a quote here about best buddies from Kelly Garney. He got a quote and he says, we got thrown in jail for being out too late and being in the wrong place at the wrong time and being drunk. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Kelly Garney, we're going to hear a lot from him. And all I can think of is uh, Vern Troyer, not Vern Troyer, but Vern, like the guy, the old country guy, like uh, Ernest movies. Ernest, Ernest. Yeah, Vern. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's right. Garney, Arnie, Barney, Garney, Varney, Varney. Vern. Yeah, so we're that's the accent that Garney is going to have throughout the rest of the episode here, so just know that. We got thrown in jail for being out too late and being in the wrong place at the wrong time, being drunk, even though he's from California, so he probably talks like a surfer, dude. <laughs> but uh, he goes on to reveal an instance where Rocky's volume knob landed him in the back of a police car and on his way to jail. So Randy even got arrested, quote from Garney, Randy even got arrested one time for playing his guitar too loud in his house. Me and Randy were jamming in the house, and a cop showed up and said the neighbors were pressing charges because we were playing too loud. Then the cop put Randy in handcuffs into the police car and then to jail. He's 15 years old. But (laughs) police didn't take me to jail. But we learned our lesson. We didn't annoy the neighbors no more. So uh, I think you were there. We were at um, (laughs) – we were at – Matt's folks cabin up north. And oh sure, I have pictures. Oh yeah, yeah, you do. You got pictures. So, so there was a noise or- ordinance thing. Of course, you can't like you know be re- ridiculous with the level of music. And but we are we are partying at this cabin. We got a bunch of friends over. We have the the radio just cranked up, big huge stereo with you know the monster speakers. It's like furniture. And oh yeah, and um cops show up and they they just were sheriff super friendly and they said hey guys we had somebody complain about this just let you know there's a noise ordinance you got to turn it down after 11 o'clock blah 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 oh no problem we'll turn it down well a couple more drinks later matt matt just (laughs) i don't know where this came from because this is not turn it up man screw them they bring it on baby we're gonna party so he just turns up the radio and just no, nope, the cop showed up. I mean, the cop showed up, and he says, all right, guys, we told you you can't do this. They called two more times. Here's a ticket. If I got to come out again, somebody's going to jail. Well, that was all, Matt. I mean, we turned it down after that. But the first time we showed up, we got – is that the first – when they got all the pictures with us, like on the cop must guard? have been the first time. Oh, yeah, they were First or the second? Yeah. No, it wasn't the second time. They weren't nearly as cordial. The second time they probably showed not. Up. No, the first probably time not. they were younger guys. I mean, they weren't as young as we were at the time, but they were. They understood what we were doing, and and we were being very nice. So we got tons of pictures, like with them <laughs> fake arresting us, and we had our hands on the cop car. <laughs> yep. you, should, you should get some. That, that should be on the crime and music website, Brian. We'll uh, we'll do that. We'll put that at least on the social medias when yeah. the episode goes ah. out. You'll see pictures of us with the cops, <laughs> arm in arm, like, "Hey, buddy, uh, don't well, tase me." Jason's on that. You're. I don't think. Oh, that's so bad. I don't know that I'm in any of those pictures because I think I was busy at the time. Right. I wasn't. Well, well, out other day. Th- we'll get there another day. I wasn't out there with the cops. <laughs> ben wasn't very popular with the police at the time. No, no, I, I, 
I think there was a girl involved. I I don't re- I I honestly don't remember. I might have been well, out, might have been out driving around. <laughs> there were no girls involved, and they also were not popular. But another quote from Garney about uh, how school was for those guys, and uh, how people didn't really like him too much. He says, "quote The way we looked." Every time we showed up for school, it was usually problematic, so we pretty much avoided it. We weren't nerds, we weren't jocks, we weren't dopers. We were just on our own. Dopers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's the 60s, man. Well, yeah, we called them, well, I mean, what would you call a doper? We were the stoners, right? Stoners, man, yeah. Well, now I like talk to my daughter, kids. and they're not, they're not, I think they're more like called after vapors. the specific drugs they do. They're categorized. Oh. They're subcategorized. Those are the E kids. Those are the yeah. meth kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, it's an easy system. Right. Oh, those over there. Those are the rich kids. Oh, Coke. Okay, cool. All right. What's another easy system is playing the bass. So Rocky teaches Garney how to play bass, and together they form a band called the Whore. That's true. The the Whore. We, we, I'm sorry. We. We respect how many bass guitar players in the world and this program, Brian. Uh, I can think of one. One. But that's it. One. One. That's correct. One. There is one. And if anybody would like to take a guess on who that may be, please write Hit us, us on social media. Media. We will. Yeah. We will put your name on the next episode if you know our favorite bass player. Oh, if you want, man, I got stickers, I got keychains, I'll send you some swag. So yeah, hit us up on the one bass player that is respected by crime and music. And it's and, not uh, the bass player for Primus. That's a hint. <laughs> Big old beaver. Um, okay. They rehearsed uh, for the Hoover during the day at Rodney Beringheimer's English Disco. It was a 1970s Hollywood night spot, and these kids were out there practicing in their whore band. In California, though, right? Yes, in California. Yeah. Okay. Correct. But it's like an English disco in California. It was during this period that Rocky learns how to play lead guitar. Another quote from Garney about lead guitar. Uh, when I met him, he didn't know how to play lead guitar at all. And uh, he's just starting to take lessons for it. And it's just riffing around. And now so, he's, Yeah, he's... lead guitar is harder, right? I mean, sort of go through that for people. Like, playing the guitar is one thing. Playing lead guitar is... Well, there's... Oh, 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 oh. Lead guitar compared to a rhythm guitar it's drumming yeah man I, like lead guitar compared to uh neil young i don't know well i don't i <laughs> I, I guess it's where you start when you start learning it's what because i think if you learn how to play lead guitar first i bet you people would say it's easier than than rhythm you, guitar okay Okay, this is what what I, a drummer, will tell you. This is what lead guitar and rhythm guitar. Rhythm guitar is your chords, G, C, D, like we were talking about, play any song you want. And then lead guitar would be playing the individual notes that make up that G chord, that C chord, that D chord in a certain way. Like, so if Ben's going G, C, D, I would have to go whatever makes up a G. And then by the time he gets to the C, I have to find some notes that are like, this makes up the C chord, and like, and then play them. And so you're kind of breaking up a chord into its individual notes and timing it very specifically with the chord changes. Uh, and that's how a drummer breaks down lead guitar versus rhythm guitar. Nailed it. I don't know that that helped anybody understand anything about guitars. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> at least, I, at I, least I when you're a rhythm guitarist, 
you really don't have to worry about what strings he hit because he hit them all at the same time. Just oh, ring. It's the best job ring. in the world. It's like yeah. playing a, a six-string harp. Just ring. <laughs> but when you're when you're playing the lead guitar, you do need to use your pick hand, your your usually your right hand, to find the right string out of six. And that that I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that at all. I we'll get there. Don't if worry. I can't hit them all. We do. We I don't actually, want to hit any of them. <laughs> we'll get there. We do. We covered over. Rocky here gets into teaching people uh, lead guitar techniques because he gets that good. So, uh, but in the mid seventies, he's not that good yet. He spends several months playing in backyard parties all around LA. Uh, the pair, him and Hoor, later form a cover band with his older brother Kelly called Violet Fox. Now, Violet Fox is a, together approximately five months. Uh, they staged several performances in the Grand Salon at Musonia, and uh, among their set lists was Mississippi Queen by Mountain and songs from the Rolling Stones, Alice Cooper, David Bowie. They were playing like the latest or the greatest. And then after Violet Fox dissolves, uh, Rocky forms various other short-lived bands such as the uh, Mildred Pierce and uh, another one called the Cats and Jammer Kids. Mildred Pierce? Okay, I had a fact on the Cats and Jammer Kids, but that's fine. Mildred Pierce, yes. <laughs> that's the name of a band? That is. Did they it's name a, it a rock after band their band in Hollywood? Aunt, their, grandmother's, their grandmother's seamstress was named Mildred Pierce. Mildred Pierce. I wish I knew who Mildred Pierce was. I feel like that's a famous English person, but I don't remember. Yeah. If you wanted to know, the Cats and Jammer Kids was. Uh, there was a female, or a female, there was a male lead singer who wore dresses on stage, so that was their hook there. Back then, that was probably a big deal. <laughs> Live bootleg recordings were uh, very popular at the time, and Rocky began to take note of different... Uh, differences between studio recordings and live versions, particularly the difference between guitar licks incorporated when people were playing live. So he's like, wait a minute, on the studio, sounded real good, playing live, eh, I don't know if you did the same thing. I just heard, it was actually, I saw, it was a video with the audio, whatever, of uh, Nirvana's first recorded show, Smells Like Teen Spirit. It wasn't, Ooh. it was, I mean, you could definitely tell what song it was by listening to this video, but it was not exactly the same. I mean, they, they tweaked <laughs> it before they laid it down. It was good. I mean, it was weird seeing them so young doing it. I mean, just, just still screaming into the microphone, but it was, uh, it was cool. It, I mean, it was, it was, it was cool. Nirvana. There's a difference. You- I mean, most bands, there's a difference between live and studio. That's for sure. Not Rush. <laughs> I said most. I was trying not to. I didn't want to. Yeah. Anyway, uh, help our earlier trivia question. Okay, so uh, much like that, like Rush, um, Rocky's going to shows. He begins to memorize the licks he sees the guitarists use um, when they're playing. And he's like, I can take that part, and I can take that part. And he teaches him himself later when he comes back home. So there, July 11th, 1971, he's at an Alice Cooper concert in Long Beach Auditorium, and this is what he considers a defining point in his life. We got a quote from Garney about it, because Garney's his best friend. Uh, Randy is mesmerized. He is catatonic, just staring at the stage. Later that night, Randy said, I can do this. I can look like this. I can be this. Something clicked that night, and I think that kind of showed him what, what he could do with his talent. At an Alice Cooper concert. 
at an Alice Cooper concert. I like Alice so, Cooper a lot. I mean, he's a Tigers fan. Oh, right on, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I, he's big. He's a big baseball guy. Oh I like, yeah. I'd... He's 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 a he's an honest. I, I don't want to say fake performer, but I mean it's a persona, <laughs> and he doesn't. I mean, when he's Alice Cooper on stage, scary, you know, makeup and looking like a gaunt, like gothic sort of weird character. That's not yeah, him. Man. He's a normal dude, and when he comes out for an interview. He's not dressed up in costume. He's not in character. He's just Alice. He's just that guy. I think. I think Alice Cooper also is one of those artists that. Um, I don't. I want to say he got screwed because he's wildly su- successful, but he never had any of the rights to any of his music. It was <laughs> like one of those. I mean, he still made money. He's living a very comfortable life, I'm sure. But I. He's I, just I, the singer. Well, I mean, there's a lot of artists that we've all heard and they're and you would just think they're they got to be billionaires no they never took care of the never took care of themselves at the beginning and by the time they were monsters and huge they had already signed their life away or or at least signed the wrong dotted lines i think he might have been one of them all right this is not well this is not an alice cooper podcast it could maybe it is <laughs> it is now maybe it, it is. is now so we we'll about change the title that we got here on the uh recording alice right cooper. it's uh alice rhodes alice rhodes rocky cooper dusty rhodes <laughs> let me tell you about dusty rhodes uh let me tell you about age 16 rocky rocky rhodes uh he and garney form a band called little women little i've that i've heard that right i've heard that name Oh no, that's a it's a book. It's a book. That's what it's it a, is. It's a book. Joe gets real sick, and I'm scared. I'm going to put the book in the freezer. Is that the best of at times, the approximately worst of this, times book? No, that's a tale of two cities. Oh, but uh, you're right. Look at you, literary literary savant. Yeah, I went to a really good school. Uh, you were there too. I don't know what you were doing, but uh, at approximately the same time, Rocky begins teaching guitar at his mother's school during the day. Starts playing live gigs at night. So now. He's like straight up working musician because he's he's got a day job and a night job. Okay. He graduates from Burbank High School, participating in a special program that allowed him to condense his studies and graduate early so he could teach guitar and pursue music full time. I believe it's just called getting a GED, and you're not special there, Rocky. <laughs> I I don't know that our audience can sense when the salt comes out, Brian. <laughs> I think they know by now. It's 65 <laughs> episodes deep. If you don't, and this is your first episode, this is what I do. But Brian, Some things annoy me. I don't know. I don't even know. I still don't know what will set our 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 main our host, Brian, off at times. I just don't <laughs> even know. He'll just, all of a sudden, it's like a switch flips, and he's just this crotchety, old, angry, salty, angry man. <laughs> You're doing things I didn't, and... You did it better, and I hate everybody. <laughs> Who did what better? Nobody did anything I better. Don't know. It's fine. You just get so mad at some little tiny things sometimes. Oh, all right, fine. continue. All right, all right. All right. I will. Let's Seren- talk about things I, I'm <laughs> things I'm really good at: drumming and drummers. Uh, recruiting lead vocalist Kevin Dubrow and drummer Drew Forsythe. The band soon changed its name to Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot. You've heard of Quiet Riot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've all heard of Quiet yeah. Riot. There you go. Yep. So uh, Dubrow, this guy, he's an L.A. photographer who is not at all what Rocky had in mind for his new band. 
and he was not well-liked or well-received by the rest of Quiet Riot, and that caused a great deal of tension within the band. Don't break up the band, man. You're, you're wrecking the band. What What was he? What was this photographer guy? What was he? A, just a photographer? He's the lead vocalist. He, okay. He's no, a, he's, he's the lead, the lead right. singer. Yeah, he's the lead singer, so he thinks he's the shit. Freaking lead singers. Yeah, dick. So, uh, <laughs> always. Right, well, that's kind of a trait of lead singers, but whatever. Prima donnas. Just what you get. So Rocky, much like us, he envisioned a front man differently, more in the vein of Alice Cooper or David Bowie. But this Dubrow guy, uh, he's persistent and he doesn't take no for an answer. We're like, we don't want you in the band. He's like, yeah, but I'm in the band. He's like, yeah, but we don't want you in the band. Like, yeah, but I'm in the band. We're like, but we don't want you in the band. He's like, well, nobody's better than me. I'm in the band. So in the end, Rocky and Garney decide that if nothing else, he, he's really enthusiastic. So you're like, okay, fine. You're hired. And so, don't take no for an answer. That's awesome. Yeah, right? He's, just keep showing up, guys. I just, love this just, guy. Hey, I'm here for the job. <laughs> hey, I'm here for the job. No, I have. I'm the- here. I actually got a job doing that. I got a job working as a bike mechanic because I kept showing up. The guy's like, yeah, look at your resume. Ah, I'll call your old boss. Yeah. Okay, you keep showing up. You might as well just start working next week. And I'm like, yes. Oh, yeah. So, that, yeah. That, Persistence pays off, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Stick to itiveness. <laughs> Well, sticking to it, late 1976, Quiet Riot becomes uh, one of the most popular acts in the L.A. club circuit, and they signed to CBS Sony Records. Rocky's got this polka dot theme, like it becomes the emblem of the band. He's got polka dot guitars. Uh, Many of the fans start showing up at Quiet Riot shows wearing polka dot bow ties and vests, and they're like, hey, see, we wear polka dots like you wear polka dots. Now, while the band has a strong following in L.A., Quiet Riot and Quiet Riot 2 albums are released only in Japan. Now, this is long before Come On, Feel the Noise, and Mama, we're all crazy now. Like, Come on, feel the noise. Now, why are they only released in Japan? Just because... Well, see, now, this is long before that. This is the early Quiet Riot, so they don't have those songs on there. Okay. Uh, And so they aren't super, like, it's a very L.A. sound, like an L.A. thing. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Like, music has sort of genres and zones, and uh, the L.A. sound wasn't really popular that time, at that time, with the rest of the country, so. Okay, well, I mean, I get the Roll the dice. Yeah, the L.A. sound or whatever, but they didn't even, I mean, if you're going to cut, if you're going to cut an album, throw it out everywhere. Just Japan? <laughs> All right, whatever. Well, hey, man, Japan was digging the L.A. scene right then, so that's like where you make your money, where you make your impact. You know, like we're big in Japan. I don't know if you know this, but we're not big in Japan. Well, but uh, if we were, that'd be cool. Like, hey, we're big in Japan. I guess I'll ja- take it. Japan is, I guess it's pretty close to L.A. <laughs> it's just across the water. Yeah, there's just some water in between. Yeah, you. I mean, I mean. It's right there. Yeah, kinda. just a little bit of water and a small island named Hawaii. There you go. Hey, there's even a place to stop. There yeah. you go. Pit stop. And that's really and all that happened. That's how the Second World War got, you know, we got into that, was that the Japanese were coming over here for some of our L.A. club scene, and they ended up getting bogged down in Pearl Harbor, and somebody was like, yo, mama, and then the other guy was like, oh, your mother, and then they got into a fight, and then World War II. That's uh, I, I I saw Perfect. that on Nova, actually, I think. M- much like the relationship between Japan and Hawaii, the relationship between Dubrow, the lead singer, and Garney, the bass player, has also deteriorated completely during this recording session of the band's second album, with potentially catastrophic revol- results. 
So what happens is after drunkenly firing a handgun through the ceiling and engaging in a fistfight with Rocky, uh, Garney drunkenly hatches his plan to shoot and kill Dubro at the studio while they're recording. That's crazy. They <laughs> came up with a plan? He's like, you know what we're going to do? This lead singer is being a dick, so uh, we're going to shoot him while he's recording. Well, how... He won't even see it coming. <laughs> okay. That's a great plan. I mean, I love that plan. I'm 100% well, they're, behind they're that talking plan. it out, right? But right. How I'm just I I don't want to, you know, break the third wall here. But how in the hell do we know this? <laughs> I mean, how do we know? Well, oh, I can tell you. I can tell you how we know this because Rocky, uh who is the main star of our show here, Randy Rhodes, he's talking with Garney, his friend, about this, and he's left with no choice but to fire his longtime friend and band co-founder. So he's like uh, I appreciate the sentiment, but we can't shoot the lead singer in the face while he's singing lines in the booth, uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna have to let you go. So appreciate the enthusiasm, this but is, this is not why I wanted to be in a band is to shoot people. <laughs> like, uh, can I talk with you just for one second? No, no, uh, do bro, go in the booth and warm your voice up. Um, here, so here's the thing: I like your plan about the shooting him and getting him out of the band, but it's kind of against the law. And it's murder, so uh, we're gonna go in a different direction. It doesn't uh, sound like his plan. Go. It doesn't sound like his plan had an exit strategy to get away with it. No, right? It's very A to B. There was not much after that. Yeah, it was more of a brainstorming session. I want this guy dead. Would be the best way to do it. All right. There's a gun right here. It just went off and blew a hole in the ceiling. All right. Mm. When when Phil Spector leaves the room, (laughs) go over and get his gun out of the drawer, quick. And then while this is Phil, Phil Spector studio, you know there's a gun somewhere. Sure. While he's singing, shoot him. Okay, <laughs> we're okay. Good idea. Where do I shoot him at? In the face. Hey Rocky, uh, I got a plan. I want to talk with you over real shoot quick. Shoot him in the face. Uh, let me see if you, you, got, you got any holes in this that you see. Yeah, I. That would work because what what do we want? We want him dead. <laughs> and this plan nails it. All right, good. Do you see any problems? Nailed no. It. And oh. then, and then, and then this, uh, what was the guy's name with the Southern voice that you're using? Well, Garney. Gar- yeah. Garney's like, no. He's the bass player. Nobody's thinking this through to the, the l- l- next step. We're, we're going <laughs> to go to jail. <laughs> oh, this is not how this works. Eww. So uh, we'll deal with that, well, that on the fly. That's not how it works. And, uh, Garney gets fired. So 1979 ex black Sabbath vocalist, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, that's terrible. This is going to get so bad. Uh, He's in L.A. He's attempting to form a new band. So now we're going to name drop Slaughter bassist Dana Strum. He calls up Rocky. He's like calling him and calling him and calling him. and He's not going to stop calling him. So you might as well just answer the phone. And so eventually Rocky's like, fine, I'm going to I'll do the audition. Okay, just leave me alone. So do you know what it sounds like when uh, Ozzy Osbourne calls his wife? Uh, What's that? Sharon! Sharon! Damn it, oh. Sharon! Wasn't that the thing from his well, little, uh, his, his, I mean, Ozzy Osbourne was kind of one of the, the, the grandfathers, the architects of, uh, reality TV. Am I wrong? The Osbournes? You are not wrong. Yeah, I can't. Uh, you are right. The Osbournes will make an appearance. Don't worry. <laughs> Sorry, Michelle. We'll get there. Much like the random Osborne kid who doesn't really want to be part of the Osbournes, Rocky 
is the same thing. He's talking to his Quiet Riot bandmates, and he's like, I really don't want to go do this audition for Ozzy Osbourne. Is that weird? And they're like, it's kind of weird, man, if you want to be a professional musician, so you probably should go. And he's like, ah, dude, I will go, but I don't want to hear from this freaking slaughter bases dana strum anymore so you tell him i'm doing this for him so he leaves me the hell alone so, so was ozzy rocky head was out. ozzy popular at the time the yeah man 79 yeah so black sabbath was oh, rocking but black sabbath was in the late 60s wasn't it i mean they they've been around for a while at 79 oh yeah yeah no that's what i'm saying that was an established powerhouse rock band and so this so, yeah. this this two-bit mrfer he's he's picking and choosing <laughs> over uh, I was going to wait until something better came along. Well, he's got Quiet Riot, man. He's like, I got a band. We're pretty popular. We're big in Japan. So. Quiet Riot's not even like, they're, we've, we, okay. Honest, honesty time here. We've all heard the name. Mama, right? mama, we're all crazy now. All right. Mama, mama, we're all crazy now. All right, ever, that's pretty good. That's about as best I got. That's, that's probably better than they ever did it themselves, but. Yeah, new karaoke boys. The only, right. the biggest reason, I I'm not a big Quiet Riot fan. Okay, I'm gonna start there. But the biggest reason they're they're popular or people even know oh, okay. their name is alliteration. It rhymes. Uh, Quiet, Quiet Riot. and Riot. Yeah, that's it. Gotcha. That's all they needed. And there's the guy with the metal face mask. Don't forget their their album covers. Oh, that kind of looks like a a, a, a chainsaw like a, massacre the, dude or something. Yeah, in the straight jacket. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he has a name. Yeah, that, I don't that know. guy. Tell me. Social media is crime music. Yeah, I, I, that guy. But I mean, was Sorry, he in the sure. band? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I think he was just. <laughs> he might have been that uh, lead singer guy that they tried shooting in the uh, face. Yeah. All right. That dude, guy. Bro. Quiet Riot wasn't that. I mean. Does anybody really just sit around and listen to That's old Quiet good. Riot? I mean, it's not like, you know, hey man, let's have a, you know, a Zeppelin two for Tuesdays or something. No, I mean, there's even Rush fans out there. Just, there's a couple of us. There's no, there's no Quiet Riot Day. No. All right. That's true. I don't want to dig. But I don't want to dig at them. I didn't hate them. I just don't know them. I'm just saying, man, it's, it, I get it. I get it. They had a couple hits. And again, this is before those hits even happened. Uh, I don't know if you guys know short history on Quiet Riot. There's a lot of dudes in that band and there are no original members. So uh, is there any uh, good? Is there any crossover with canned heat? I, I swear to God, we're going to get to Black Oak, Arkansas. Just give me a minute. Okay. All right. Continue. So, uh, like all those bands, somebody there plays a Gibson Les Paul, and that's what Rocky brings to uh, his audition with Ozzy Osbourne. We got a quote from drunk Ozzy Osbourne about the audition. <sighs> Here we go, people. <laughs> he, uh, he, he, he plays his footage solo, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, that's fucking, am I fucking that stoned? Am I hallucinating? And what the fuck is this? <laughs> Osbourne has maintained that he immediately gave him the job. And a quote from Rocky, he says, I just turned up. Uh, he's going to be Californian. I haven't done Rocky yet. <clears throat> I just turned up and did some riffs. And he said, you, you got the gig. And I had the weirdest feeling because I thought, you didn't even hear me yet. <laughs> After the audition, Rocky returns to Musonia. He tells uh, some people in Quiet Right that he's never actually met Osborne. Uh, he was drunk, and he remained in the studio control booth the whole time. And so according to Rocky... 
it's that dude strum from slaughter he comes out from the control room and he's like you're in the band man he's like wait that's not even your band and i'm i'm okay so rocky is now scheduled to meet ozzy the next time next night in his hotel room over the next couple days though uh following the audition rocky osborne strum um, all these people, drummer Frankie Benali, they all jam together in L.A. before Osborne returns to England. And so, so they're just disillusioned with partying and oh, jamming. Partying and jamming. Partying and jamming, right. They found a bunch of new dudes they like, and they're partying and jamming. So disillusioned with Quiet Riot's inability to land uh, an American record deal, Rocky discusses with his mom the possibility of joining this whole Ozzy Osbourne band. Um, she asked him, she's like giving good motherly advice. She's like, would you accept uh, an offer like this one? And she's like, famous guy, Ozzy Osbourne, out of Black Sabbath. And he's like, yeah, of course I would. And he's like, okay. So I think we got a plan. So now Rocky goes back to England. Osbourne is, is introduced in a pub by, I'm going to drop another name, Rainbow. So this ex-Rainbow, ex the band Rainbow, their bassist, Bob Daisley. There's a bunch of bassists all hanging out hanging out trying to be cool well that's because uh, they, they don't they have any friends i got a pair they of hits they don't have any friends and so right. and I, I, off. can i back up just a tiny little bit oh yeah sure 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 so rocky he's an adult at this point right right a semi-moderate successful career feeling like so he's far yeah on yeah, the, yeah professional on, musician for sure yeah right making a living on the precipice mm-hmm. of possibly Getting to that next level at big time. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, blah, blah, blah. He's, what, I'm guessing, somewhere in his late 20s, early 30s? Yeah? He's all of a sudden? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, early yeah, twenty early 20s. He's a youngin. He got in real young. Living that, that rock and roll lifestyle. Their crazy right. stuff's happening. He's partying with popular people. I'm sure, even though you haven't gotten into any you know, drugs and alcohol. But at the end of the day, <laughs> now at the end of we'll the day. There. Trust me. He's still conferring with his mother. Hey, mom. Oh yeah. Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> wants me to go to Europe and go to England and go to go to Breton and you know jam on some. What do you What do you think, mom? And his mom came back and kind of asked him, you know, some follow up questions. So good for him, mama's boy. Whatever. I guess yeah. that, that's endearing. It's not real rock and roll. I mean, it's not hardcore no, it's not i don't feel like anybody's no. at this point getting ready to bite a head off a bat but whatever you know it's <laughs> we'll good. definitely get there guys in the, in the show as a whole you will hear that story good before for we're him. done good for him not today but there uh well even though his mom liked him the group's management didn't like him they wanted to keep it an all british lineup and they're reluctant to hire this unknown american but manager don arden eventually gives in uh rocky flies to england only to get uh, kicked out and returns home a couple of days later because English customs at Heathrow, uh, they're like, you don't have the necessary work permit to get into the country. So what was supposed to happen is a representative from Jet Records was supposed to be uh, at the airport, clean everything up. He never arrives. Rocky spends the night in a holding cell before being handcuffed, put on a plane back to the United States. Oh, I bet he wasn't happy. Probably not. I'd have not been happy. (laughs) 
Ozzy Osbourne, sensing his unhappiness, called him to apologize and made arrangements for Rocky to return to England with the proper paperwork this time. So November 27th, 1979, Rocky flies to England, meets with Osbourne and Daisley uh, at the Jet Records offices in London. The trio travel by train, very English, to Osbourne's home in Bullrush Cottage. It's there that Rocky lives with the Osbournes and his wife Thelma, not Sharon, his first wife Thelma, and their two kids during the first couple weeks weeks he lived in england so later osborne said that he couldn't understand why a musician as talented as rocky would want to get involved with a quote bloated alcoholic wreck like himself now after a short after a short search former uriah heap drummer uh lee kerslake he compiled a new band known as the blizzard of oz i'm sorry compiled he completed the band known then as the blizzard of oz the group heads into the studio, records a title album called Blizzard of Oz, which people have heard of. Yeah, what year was this? What year was it? It was er, the, late 70s? That's got to be 70. Uh, November 27, he gets to England. So, yeah, uh, got to be end of, end of 79, early 80. Then that's when the Blizzard of Oz came out. I felt like it was later than that. Correct. Yeah. No, 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 that's when they're doing it. All right, cool. Now, Rocky's guitar playing, because now he's with some professional musicians, he changes due to the level of freedom he's allowed by Osborne and Daisley, because his work in Quiet Riot was criticized for being dull and that he didn't rely on any classical scales or arrangements. The Blizzard of Oz album proves that an instant hit with rock fans, people love it, particularly in the U.S., that propels Rocky with this whole neoclassical guitar work approach that he's developed. They released two singles from that album, Mr. Crowley and Crazy Train. Two great ones. I mean, huge. Uh, huge. Mr. Crowley is in the key of D minor and Crazy Train is in F sharp minor. Why did I bring that up? I don't know, Brian. Why'd you bring that up? Hey, Brian, let me ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> sure, sure. Oh, yeah, Do real you quick know yeah. why uh, Mr. Crowley yeah. was in D minor and why uh, uh, Crazy Train was in F? Sharp minor. Sharp minor. Uh, Brian, yeah, yeah. You know? I, well, you know what? It's it's not so much me, but I'll let Ozzy Osbourne tell you. And so there's a quote from Ozzy about it. He says, well, one day Randy come up with me. He says, most heavy metal songs are written in a, a, a E code structure. He said, let's try and change that. So we made a rule. Most every number that we did record an album was never played in the same key. Uh, that was, I trailed off there. Crazy Train and Mr. Crowley placed 9th and 28th, respectively, on Guitar World's 100 Greatest Guitar Solos. Crazy Train plays 51st, Rolling Stone 100 Greatest Guitar Songs of All Time. Following the UK tour, this band, the Blizzard of Oz Band, records another album, Diary of a Madman. December 1981, Rockies voted Best New Talent by the readers of Guitar Player Magazine and voted Best Heavy Metal Guitarist by Sounds Magazine. He's an avid collector of uh, toy trains. He travels around England in search of them when he first got to England. During the break before uh, leaving for the U.S.'s mm. first tour, him, Kersel, Daisley are suddenly fired by Sharon Arden. You know her as Sharon Osborne. Sharon! The, band, the band's manager and Osborne's future wife. So for the U.S. tour, ex-Black Oak, Arkansas drummer Tommy Eldridge and bassist Rudy Sarzo who had been in Rocky's uh, band Quiet Riot, they get hired. And since we're talking about Black Oak, Arkansas, that reminds me of my band, 21 Days. And we're going to take a break well, hold, hold on. right hold, now. Hold on. Can, oh, well, come on now. No, can right. I ask you? A, I mean, no, I can't wait to listen to the 21 Days. It's the highlight. We can leave it on a question. It's the highlight of my week. But 
can is there any way we can i i think i can speak for the entire audience here brian is there any way you can do the entire second half of our podcast in ozzy osbourne's voice i mean I, I will tell you this, you're going to hear a lot of it the second half. A lot. We'll just leave you with that. It's it's quite possibly the worst slash best English accent I've ever heard. What, 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 what are you talking about? We could go a break. <laughs> it's awesome. And we're back. Dude, I listen to that music, and it just makes me think of, like, high school and bonfires and sneak, right? sneaking into the bar. you know, Or trying to not sneak into the bar because there were those bars that we could go to when we were 18, but you got, the like, 18-year-old bars, yeah. Yeah, you got, like, a stamp on your hand or a, or something that you couldn't, oh, yeah. you couldn't get a drink, I mean, or a beer or whatever. All right, so we were talking October 1981. That Diary of a Madman album is released. Rocky's already made the decision. He's going to part ways with Osborne once the contract is done. Uh, he doesn't want to break any contractual uh, agreement, so he's like, I'm going to play through the contract, and once that's done, I want to go. Now, he had a good relationship with Osborne, uh, but the constant drugs and alcohol abuse made day-to-day life on the tour and working for the band really difficult. So he's going to quit. Who, who's, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Whose problem? I mean, was he having a problem with it, or did he have a problem with other people No, doing it? he was tired with dealing with Ozzy. He's like, I don't want to be in a band with Ozzy Osbourne. This guy's way too off the rails. <laughs> really? Okay. You're in. Ro- <laughs> it was you who decided to go into rock and roll. Well, I mean, again, he's a classically trained, like, school musician, so all this drugs and sex and rock and roll, that's a bit, wow, this is what you guys do when we're playing music? Come on. He signed, he, he knew, he should have known the freaking deal that from before, he should have known the deal before they asked him to try out for the band. Like, I thought these were professionals. Before he ever met Ozzy Osbourne, I feel like, you know, he's. Sort of getting off the end, the tail end of you know his last gig, and if somebody off the street would have came up to him and said, "Hey, you ever heard of Ozzy Osbourne?" Oh yeah, I've heard of him. All right, which, could I've you heard of could you just tell me what you know about him? Oh man, that guy's a rock and roll legend. He plays. I mean, he's got a lot of albums out, and he's huge. He's Good rich. Singer. Does a lot of drugs. Drinks a lot of alcohol. He's a crazy man. He bit a head off a bat. Yeah, it's Ozzy Osbourne. We'll get there. Oh, we will. oh he's I'll not. We're not one. there. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, uh, but I mean, unlike no, we're not. We don't get there in the story. You know the deal. It's like when you when you when you go out on a date with a porn star, you kind of know Careful. where the end of Careful. the night's gonna land you. Well, like the great professionals we are, uh, Rocky. He was a straight professional, and. Um, he was he was under the impression that uh, he was doing good with Osborne, and so good with the band. He wanted to be good with the management and largely professional. Like I said, he does have a brief sexual relationship with Sharon Arden, oh. also known as Sharon Osborne. Sharon. Yes. Now, long before that, uh, Rocky and Sharon. Um, 
They have a relationship. There's a few celebratory drinks together one night in a hotel, and they end up sleeping together. The, 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 the nasty and the pasty. Afraid so. Ozzy didn't care. He was trying to save his marriage with Thelma, and uh, Sharon was, quote, just his manager. She's just my manager. So uh, as Diary of a Madman tour in the U.S. progresses, Osborne would often refuse to perform due to lingering after effects, hangovers, of uh, the previous night's drinking. And only Sharon could talk him into going on stage. Osborne said that Rocky didn't use drugs and he drank very little, preferring an anset, uh, just some type of an anise liquor, anise liquor, like a black licorice liqueur. You know what anset is? Anis- like anset? A- absinthe? A N I S E T T E and set. Huh. Probably not absinthe. No, no wormwood or none of that weird stuff. No, I don't. Uh, when he did drink, that's what he preferred. So, no. Osborne says Rocky didn't like partying, but he made up for it by smoking cigarettes. Uh, quote from Osborne he said, He could, he could want a gold medal in the Lung Castle Olympics, uh, could Rocky Rose. <laughs> Get that. Yeah. Is that verbatim, Brian? Yes, verbatim. Right. That's it. Uh, even the the backwards uh, noun predicate thingy. Uh, many shows are simply canceled, and Rocky gets tired of the unpredictability. He's like, guys, it says Friday night, rock with Oz, and we're n- it's now it's Saturday, and we did not rock last night. So the final straw comes, and the plan is announced February 1982 by Osborne's management to record a live album of Black Sabbath songs at Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens later that year. Now, Rocky bandmates Tommy Eldridge felt that they had established themselves as recording artists, and they regarded that they should be on the album cover, and it's a step backwards artistically, professionally. Long story short, these guys didn't want to do it. They refused to participate in the live recording. Osborne views this decision as straight-up betrayal, and the relationship between Osborne and Rocky becomes quite strained. They don't like each other anymore. Already drinking heavily, Osborne's drinking increases, and it begins to tear the band apart, man. At one point, he drunkenly fires the entire band, including Rocky. You're fired. You're fired. You're everybody's fired. And though he had no memory of doing so, so the next day everybody's like, "I guess we're not fired." He doesn't remember firing so, us. So, you know, it's it's interesting as you listen to stories, you know, from back in the day and all these bands, and 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 after things have happened decades later, you, the door is opened a little bit more to what actually was going on behind the scenes and you hear all these stories about uh, you know alcohol and drugs and sex and rock and roll and all the big you know stuff yeah our podcast yes well i mean not just the crime (laughs) but well i mean all of it yeah all the all the behind that but a lot the things you don't see i i I think because alcohol is well it's legal and it was back then you kind of dismiss it as a driving force to break apart bands like that but it did i mean alcohol was a big one man it wasn't just yeah when ridiculous when you're at the party man like when you're at the nightlife you're at the bars you're you're the people bringing the good time you're expected to have a good time and so work and play kind of blend together and you know some are better at others at it you know yeah and i think ozzy osbourne's deal was was i mean he did drugs whatever but he did booze 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 definitely helped steer his ship into the life he's found today. Well, with Osborne's unstable and confrontational behavior, that soon convinces Rocky to leave the band for good. He 
but he grudgingly agrees to perform on the live album with the stipulation that he would depart after fulfilling his contractual obligations to Jet Records, which consisted of one more studio album and a subsequent tour. So he's like, I want to go. I don't want to get sued. I'll play your record, and I'll do the tour, well, and then I'm gone. Well, he probably also got a big, huge carrot full of money dangled in front of him. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, people like, he's a wonder. He's a wonderkin, you know? People loved him. He was all innovative and stuff. But, uh, well, yeah, I guess people start shouting numbers at you. What are you going to do? Yeah, do one more studio recording and a quick concert. All right. All right. All right. I'm in. Put me down. I'm definitely down. Whatever. And then for the rest of your life, you're going to get those residuals if you got a decent contract or lawyer. So anyway, they talk him into it. So he's got a studio album to do, a live album to do, and a subsequent tour. March 18th, 1982, Rocky plays a show at Knoxville Civic Coliseum. The next day, the band's headed to a festival in Orlando, Florida. It's called Super Rock Bowl 14. XIV. Super Rock Bowl. Super Rock Bowl. You pay for the whole seat, but you only need the edge. Osborne recalls a conversation he had with Rocky that night on the bus. Uh, it involved the guitarist bitching about him and his heavy drinking. He's a quote here from, here's a quote from Rocky to Osborne. It says, quote, you'll kill yourself, you know, uh, one of these days. So after driving much of the night and they stop at Flying Baron Estates in Leesburg, Florida to fix a malfunctioning air conditioning unit on the bus while Osborne is sleeping. It's always these friggin' buses, man. Well, I mean, a bu- so, I mean they, they got problems. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in those buses. Don't blame the bus, Brian. Don't blame the bus. Well, let me just, you, you'll see. It's, yeah, we're having a well of a day here. Uh, it's, it's, it's the bus. The bus is the issue. Trust me. On the property, this is owned by the Calhoun brothers, where they stopped the malfunctioning tour bus, uh, there's an airstrip with some small helicopters and planes on it, right? So without permission, the tour bus driver, who happens to be a private pilot, his name is Andrew Acock, they start taking joyrides <laughs> in one la- of the planes. What's his last name? Acock. A Y C O C K. What do you I mean, what he's, do you want me to do with that? He's a what? A-cock. Andy Acock. He's a bus driver. He drives tour buses oh, and he's a private pilot. He's Acock. He's a cock. <laughs> I see. He's a cock. Well, we'll get there. So cause he start he steals a plane basically and takes joyrides joyrides, right? They're in a Beechcraft F thirty five. It's registered to a guy named Mike Parton. That never comes back around, other than we might use it as trivia for a giveaway later. Mike Parton. We'll never do that. <laughs> we'll Drink. never remember it. All right. Someone who's never an idiot in the band is always the keyboardist. And uh, on the first flight, Acock, Captain Acock takes keyboardist Don Airy and tour manager Jake Duncan with him as the first passengers on the, on the sort of joyride. Now, during this first flight... They're flying around, flying around, and then what happens? Acock buzzes the tour bus. You're trying to wake people up on the bus. Like, oh. <laughs> they're trying to wake up uh, drummers on the bus and some other people they're on buzzing there. the bus. They're group- buzzing the bus with the plane? Yeah, man. They're just, just trying to you know, fuck with people on the bus. That's what I would do. I would do that. I would be that. I, oh, great. I would uh, keep that in if mind. I knew how to drive, uh, if I knew how to drive an airplane. I would totally. Do I would this. do that. I would not only buzz the boss. I would. I would. I would go find people I knew that lived in a house, and I'd buzz the house. I would probably kill people, including myself. Whatever. That's how I do. I do that. That's how I do. 
Well, let's go back to they're buzzing the bus and they land and that group gets out and it's like the amusement park. They load up another crew and the second flight, they've got makeup artist Rachel Youngblood and uh, Rocky gets aboard. Oh, so now, so now they're still driving this airplane around up in the air. Without permission. Oh, they're flying. Yeah, they're just flying. Yeah, no, yeah, they stole this airplane from the the airstrip that they're fixing the bus at, and then this dude just like, I know how to fly planes. You guys want to go for a ride? No, it's not. It's, it's not. It's not flying it's around. It's not flying a plane. It's driving a plane around. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> sidebar, uh, our friend Ryan Rat, our friend Rat, <laughs> oh, driving a plane, his right? older sister, who was only like a year or two older than us. When she got Rochelle, yeah. When nope, she got Rochelle, Rochelle. When she, oh, I was right, Rochelle, yeah, Rochelle. When she yeah. got to, when she got, you know, like to into college, she she wanted to be a pilot. That was her, her what she wanted to go to school for, and she did. She I want to fly. She did become a pilot. And she's still a pilot today. Like drives planes around and stuff. There you go. Drives pl- drives planes. Oh I drive my planes. gosh, she would get so pissed when we'd say, "So you're going to school to learn how to drive a plane around." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fly a plane. I'm gonna be a pilot. Uh, it sounds like you're gonna be a chauffeur in the air. I mean, whatever. Yeah, you're just driving yeah. a plane. It's like driving truck. Oh yeah. my god, she would get just so. And 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 I remember thinking, you gotta know we're screwing with you here. Why do you keep giving in? I mean, you were so. She would never not get mad at it, and so we would never just not it say go. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Driving a plane around. And so if Rochelle, you're out well, there driving planes around this these days, come come give the come give the Rupal household a a, a low low and slow buzz. buzz. <laughs> Just Go buzz. <laughs> give us a little wing tip. Yeah. Well, unlike Rochelle Rochelle, Rocky is afraid of flying. And he wanted to take but he wanted to take some aerial photos of the countryside for his mom. Back to this uh, mama's boy thing. Yeah, it's like Elvis all and reincarnate, incarnate, reincarnate. So reincarnate. He talks to the he talks to the bass player Rudy. He's like, Rudy, I don't want to go by myself, so go on this flight with me. So uh, Rudy's like, No, I'm gonna go sleep in the bus. You go on the flight with the makeup artist. And so okay, during the second flight, Acox dicking around again. He's trying to buzz the tour bus, right? Acox and is so, dicking around again. I like that's funny. Oh, that's yeah. funny. I, that was not even. That's I didn't funny. even write that. That's that was just on top. So he buzzes the, the makes a close pass. Makes a close pass. Man, I have a soundboard. I should have got an airplane. But uh, so he makes it by the bus and like, hey man, like the first one went pretty good. So then comes around again the Coriolis effect or whatever you want to call I it. I feel it, like uh, we're getting a part something. Some crime here, Brian. I. Well, we've had some crime because you got arrested for playing music too loud and people have been firing guns off. But, uh, hey, man, you buzz a bus twice and it goes super good. You're like, you know what? I think we can do better. So at about 10 a.m. specific times, after being in the air for approximately five minutes, he's flying the airplane around. It's kind of got that hazy sort of desert look to it, like Top Gun or like a Star Wars movie and the sun's rising and you see the heat waves. And then all of a sudden, just breaking through is this plane, just it's just coming right at and you. And he and and coming he and right he says you. he says in the in the he's probably got the headphones on with that little microphone in front of his face, and he's talking to the ground crew and the people that helped him get up in the air, and he's like, "And this is pod racing." <laughs> no, 
Much like pod racing, bang! One of the plane's wings clips the top of the tour bus. That breaks the wings into two parts and sends it spiraling out of control. The initial impact with the bus causes Rocky and Youngblood's heads to crash through the plane's windshield. The plane then severs the tops of large pine trees and crashes into the garage in a nearby mansion. And finally... Burst into flames. That what? That was like ex- that's I think where they got that in Star Wars. That was that was so unoriginal. Rocky, age twenty five, is killed instantly. As are Acock, age thirty six, and Youngblood, the makeup artist, fifty eight. Oh wow, they're dead. All three bodies are burned beyond recognition. Rocky is identified solely by dental records and personal jewelry. A quote from Sharon Osbourne, who was asleep in the bus at the time of the crash. They were all in bits. It was just body parts everywhere. Weed keyboard Don Airy was the only member of the band to witness the crash. While the rest were still asleep on the bus or in the plane, he was standing beside the bus taking photos that he planned to give to Rocky later on for his mom. And he saw a struggle between Rocky and Acock in the cockpit as the plane approached the bus seconds before the crash. We got a quote from Don about it. Quote, I'm assuming Don is English. <laughs> I had my camera and was taking photos of the plane to give to Randy afterwards. I had my telephoto lens on and I could tell there was some sort of struggle going aboard the plane. The wings were rapidly tipping side to side, and at one point, the plane almost became perpendicular. No more than six feet off the ground. That's when I put down my camera and saw the plane right in front of me. I quickly crouched to avoid getting hit and looked over my shoulder and watched it clip the bus, crash into the tree, and explode on impact into the garage. As band members on board the bus were shaken from their bunks by the impact of the wing on the bus and tried to figure out what the hell happened... Basis Sarzo recalls sidestepping broken glass in his bare feet, looking through a gaping hole in the side of the bus to see tour manager Dick Duncan outside of the bus, sitting on the ground, rocking back and forth, screaming, They're gone! They're gone! Drummer Tommy Aldridge takes a fire extinguisher from the bus. He runs towards the crash full speed uh, in an attempt to put out the fire. Tour manager Duncan, They're gone! They're gone! He's on the first flight. He explained, uh, although... There had been some concern at the pilot's behavior. There's no sense of foreboding. It all seems so innocent. Uh, we were just there this morning. Andy offered Don and me to take us up, and I admit it was a bit scary. He started buzzing the bus, trying to wake up Tommy, but after a few attempts, they just landed, and that was it. Rocky, he's afraid of flying. Youngblood, the makeup artist, and 58, had a bad heart, so Rocky originally had no intention of getting on the plane. Duncan, he explains how the guitarist ended up on the Doom flight. He's like, well, right after he landed, Andy came up to me and he told me that we were going to take up Rochelle for a ride. And being aware of her heart condition, he assured me they were going to take it easy, just circle the property a couple times and not try to pull any crazy stunts. So Randy heard that and he decided to join him so he could take some aerial shots with his camera. Now, though the entire group were quite distraught, the remaining band and crew were forced to remain in Leesburg for two additional days until the preliminary investigations were uh, completed. They had to fly Rocky's brother-in-law out from California to identify the remains. Ozzy's official statement of the crash. Had to identify his teeth? Yeah, well, I mean, you had to be like, uh, teeth and jewelry. It said teeth and personal jewelry. So you're like, yeah, it's his ring. Is that his medallion or his molar? Oh, my God. Terrible. 
Speaking of terrible things, this is going to be a terrible impersonation of Ozzy Osbourne. His official statement to the crash investigators was, Approximately 9 a.m. on Friday, March 19, 1982, I was awoken from my sleep by a loud explosion. I immediately thought that we hit a vehicle on the road. I got out of bed screaming. My fiance, Sharon, get off the bus. Meanwhile, she's screaming at everyone else, get off the bus. And after off off the bus, I saw a plane crashed. I didn't know it was on plane time. We we realized we people was also people on the plane. I found out very difficult to get assistance from anyone to help. In fact, it took almost half an hour before anyone arrived. One small fire engine arrived, appeared to squirt three gallons of water on the inferno. We asked further assistance, such as telephones, and we didn't receive any further help. In the end, we found ourselves a telephone, and Sharon found a father. Now, Bob Daisley and uh, Lee Kerslack, who had recorded Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman with Rocky, they had recently been fired from the Osborne Band. You remember that? They were in Houston with Uriah Heep uh, later that day. They got the word of the incident. Quote from Kerslake. I was already sitting at the bar when Bob Daisley came into the bar, and I turned and looked at Bob and said, Fuck, you gone all white. What's wrong? Bob said, Lee, there's a plane crash this morning, and Randy was on it, and he's dead. And that was it. Oh, God, to hear that. I turned and cried my eyes out. Bob and me were crying all over because loved him and such a lovely guy. So now, Rocky, is there, uh, I, jump in I gotta go. I got to go back a little bit here. <clears throat> Let's do it. So, Ozzy gave his account of the story, which I believe sounded oh, did. exactly like what you sounded spot, like. Spot on. Thank yeah, you. Perfect. I tried. But knowing what we all know about Ozzy today, do you think he's a he's a he's he? Ozzy's playing chess while we're all playing checkers in a way, where he can Ooh. just ask act 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 like he's an idiot rock and roller say weird That's stuff smart. and just just so <clears throat> accidental Sorry, deniability where he doesn't even he could have been the he could have been the guy shooting bottle rockets at the plane shooting it down and when the cops interviewed oh, him, true. he just acts like, and then this, oh, this thing I was, I was happened, sleeping. and then I, I thought, said, Sharon, and whatever. I mean, I thought we was driving. Ozzy could be pulling, <laughs> Ozzy right. could be the puppet master in every single huge negative event the Earth has had around since he was born, and nobody's ever going to think he did it. Because he's Ozzy Osbourne. I don't know what happened. And then the judge says, Sharon! <laughs> I don't know if he's the master of puppets, but uh, uh, that would be pretty interesting if he I was. I think that was Lars, right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Rocky's longtime girlfriend, who hopefully she didn't go out with Lars. Her name is Jody. Uh, she was in the car when she recalls hearing a block of songs from Blizzard of Oz on the radio before the DJ announced the accident and the news that Rocky had been killed. So his girlfriend heard that her boyfriend died on the radio. As she's listening to his music. Oh, wow. The guy's really got a good sound this time. Oh, my God. I love this man. I just love him every time I hear him. And, oh, man, the end of the songs here. Oh, the DJ's on. He's What What? 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 What did he just say? Who who shot who in the what what? That's sad. In the hours following the crash, the band and crew called loved ones 
to assure them that they were still safe, as the news reports uh, hadn't named the victims yet. They just said there was a tour bus crash with the Ozzy Osbourne band. So uh, this other guy, Sarzo, remember him? He found a church nearby, the hotel. Uh, he went inside to pray. The church was empty, aside from one guy sitting in the front crying uncontrollably. Sarzo's like, that's really sad, man. I thought I had a bad day. And then he looked up, and the guy he was dealing with uh, was actually Ozzy Osbourne. He's out there. He's like, why, why, why did it happen? Acox, the strange wife, Wanda, she spent the last night on the bus with the band, and they were all well aware that the driver, Acock, was attempting to reconcile with his ex-wife. Witnesses described the bus driver's state of mind as agitated hours before the fatal crash. And according to witnesses, Wanda, the ex-wife, emerged from inside the bus shortly after the second flight took off and was standing in the doorway watching the plane fly round and round. And so Acock saw her as he made his final approach. And some people, bass player, keyboard guy, they both are guessing that Acock may have suddenly seen his wife and he's like, I'm going to kill her by crashing the plane into the bus. Now, this is all speculation regarding this, but uh, Sarzo, he believes that the uh, driver pilot guy, Acock, troubled emotional state that day, worsened by the effects of cocaine because he was doing bumps of cocaine. So, also, didn't sleep, and that may have been directly responsible for the accident. I, I think I would blame it on, um, it, 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 this is a dude thing. This is a dude thing. Just showing off. <laughs> just showing. Just I think it is just too. Trying, I think it's just a, just yep, dicking around. Trying to scare people. Trying to scare people on the ground. Trying to impress his wife that he's trying to stick around or whatever. Trying to scare the you people in the stop plane. You dicking around. Yeah, I've done it. I'm not in a plane. In, in, a, in a car. <laughs> in a truck. Oh, sure. Yeah. You're, you, yeah. you know. Some pretty girl sitting next to you in the happens. car. You're like, oh, let's see how fast yeah, we can go. And then we're going to get off. down to the end of the road. We're going to do a donut. Or come back. And then if you're not impressed, I'm going to find another girl and put her in the car and do the same thing and see if it, see if it works with her. I mean, whatever. That's I, I, I feel like when you were telling the story from the beginning, that's what my gut instinct told me to think. Like, he's just trying to trying to show everybody in the ground he's cool and do dumb crazy stuff as young men will do yeah you that'll happen that, that happens so like we're talking about uh given that people saw a struggle in the cockpit that guy don saw that they all came to the conclusion that uh, rocky's actions in the last seconds of his life was to present to prevent a direct hit with the bus in the plane. So, because he thinks the guy was trying to kill everybody and take out his ex-wife in the process. Now, Ozzy Osbourne later admitted that he saw Acock doing cocaine bumps all night prior to the crash. It's later confirmed in the autopsy that Acock's system tested positive for cocaine. Rocky's toxicology test revealed only nicotine. The NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board investigation, determined that Acock's aviation medical certificate had expired and that he'd been a pilot in another fatal crash in the United Arab Emirates six years earlier. Sharon was aware of the uh, the prior crash, but hadn't informed the tour manager, Duncan, or anybody else to Acock's history. In the moments after the crash, he immediately was like yelling at the tour manager following um, their people into the plane with the pilot who'd been awake using drugs all night. And a quote from Sharon, don't you know the man already killed one of the Calhoun kids in a helicopter crash? No shit. Wow. They did not. <laughs> Apparently did not know that. So Sharon knew. 
But she was taking a nap. Sharon was on it, man. She was taking a nap on the bus. Dude. So Rocky's funeral is held at the First Lutheran Church in Burbank, California. Serving as pallbearers for the funeral are Osborne, Eldridge, Sarzo, and Rocky's former Quiet Riot bandmate, Kevin Dubrow, oh, that's, the dickhead. That's nice. They all come together. On his coffin are flowers, two photos of the guitarist, one showing himself and Osborne on stage in San Francisco. Rocky is buried at Mountain View Cemetery in San Bernardino, California. On his tomb is the inscription, quote, an inspiration for all young people, end quote. December 2019, Ozzy Osbourne offers $25,000 reward for information leading to the recovery of several pieces of musical equipment stolen from the premises of Musonia Music School. Um, this stuff used to belong to Rocky, so he's like, I'll give a reward if somebody brings it back. Rocky plays 36 on Rolling Stone Magazine's 100 Greatest Guitarists of All Times. Really? And Holy cow. He, I guess. Yep. 36 out of on Rolling Stones 100? That's that's pretty good. He plays fourth. He places fourth on Guitar World magazine's 100 greatest heavy metal guitarist and 26 on Guitar World's 50 fastest guitarist. I forgot to mention uh Randy Rhodes is credited with inventing finger tapping, you know, like most people think that Eddie Van Halen they're using their fingers to yeah, tap on the Yeah, yeah, they're board. not using their 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 strumming hand, the their pick, pick hand. Their strum, yeah. right. Yeah. Right. Nope. Uh, he he invented that. I I find that hard to believe. Here's why. <laughs> as, as does Eddie Van Halen. So that's why I didn't really include that. But that's what he's credited with. Well, I mean, since the day somebody invented a stringed instrument, they probably immediately started just hitting the string with their front hand as hard as they could. I mean, oh, that's yeah. it. It's... It's it's not inventing it. It's being good at it is what he did. And then Eddie Van Halen came in and was <laughs> real good at it. And now they got these kids coming out here playing songs on uh, classical guitars that sound like there's seven people in the room, including percuss- percussionists, keyboardists. Okay, I was going to bring that up. Have you seen that Led Zeppelin one that kid does on the acoustic guitar? Oh, he looks like he's dressed like Rick Ashley. He's wearing like a trench coat, but he's like dang dang and he's like slapping and playing yeah. finger drums on the guitar body. I'm like, oh my god. Like you're saying, I mean, it's light years beyond he didn't, what yeah. these guys were playing with. He didn't invent that. He just did it better than anybody no. else. As Randy Rhodes as did. As Eddie Van Halen <laughs> didn't invent it. He just did it better than Randy Rhodes. Who didn't invent it? He just did it better than whatever schlub was before him. I like the word schlub. That's true. And because you used a cool word like schlub, I'm going to give you a quote from Randall William Rhodes, Randy Rhodes himself. Quote, the main thing, though, is to take it as it comes. Don't try to do too much too soon. You got to get to know your own style. Randy Rhodes, everybody. What'd you think of Randy Rhodes? Take it as it comes. Don't try to do too much too soon. Get to know your own style. Sounds like my wedding night. Um. <laughs> well, no. See, so I I think I didn't know anything about this guy at all. Sure. Except for that right. bus story. I've heard that bus story. That was the big yeah, one. Is that I've, they? Were, he's the guy on the bus who plane crashed into the tour bus and you're like wait that's the same people you crashed a plane with your band into the tour bus with the other half of your band like yep yeah so i that's a story i gotta know about 
like, all right. I heard that story, but when you first started, you know, when you introduced that bit of the thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've heard this. Yep. But I didn't know enough yep. about it where, where they, they died. For some reason yep. in my head, I thought they crashed and some people died in the plane, but they all died. <laughs> Everybody on they board. They all blew yeah, up. Yeah, the day the music died. They all blew up a little yep. bit and got burned a lot. Dental records and jewelry ID. And that was before, so. that was, Sharon was on the bus sleeping, Ozzy was on the bus sleeping, whatever. What was happening? Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's a, that's a bit, and that was in the eight, 80s, right? Early 80s. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was it. All right, well, cool. Um, I mean, it sounds like he's a very, very super talented dude. Real talented dude, it sounded like, man. Yeah. So, and, and like, sort of just a, a setup with your parents both being music instructors, your mom starting a music school, like out learning your music, your guitar teacher by the time you're like 12. And I mean, and he was, yeah, man, he was, you were in and it. And he was calling his own it. shots. He was like, no, I'm done with this Ozzy Osbourne guy. I've taken this as far as I go. You know, I mean, Quiet Riot's good enough for me. He, oh, well, I, I, I think he went, he went through. He went through a few bands before Quiet Riot, you know the oh, whatever yeah, yeah. the other things that they said or you said, and Poor. then he did, and then he did Quiet Riot, which was a commercial success, and then the and, and then all kids. of a sudden he gets hooked up with Ozzy, who was successful before he started with him, but he wasn't like Mildred the, Pierce. He was not the, the the headliner on that tour on that on album. He was just the guy that played the guitar. Um, yeah. yeah, he was not, he, he, he probably, and he, he probably in his mind thought, all right, I'll get done with this guy. I'll go to the next guy. I'll just go do the next big thing. I, he, oh, there's other bands. Yeah. yeah. And he probably had enough clout to probably, yeah, unless he did, he got killed in the airplane a little bit. But if he didn't get killed in that airplane a little bit, he could have probably gone on and do, done that next thing. Oh, yeah. No, like all those bassists who are hanging out trying to make deals like Slaughter and freaking all the rest of them, they'd have given him a gig somewhere, man, for sure. He wasn't He wasn't out of there. Setting the bar pretty high there with so. Slaughter, huh, Brian? Right. <laughs> because I said Slaughter, it's time for a little feedback. And so right now, uh, let me tell you about some feedback we received on Instagram. We got an Instagram comment on our Flavor Flav episode. Flavor Flav. We actually... In- Exactly. We were actually included in a compilation video about Flavor Flav by Get Verbal, G-E-T-V-U-R-B-L-E, the Get Verbal channel, um, for his birthday last month. So go check out Get Verbal on Instagram for millions of unique audio titles like ourselves. They are not a sponsor, and that's okay. Moving on. <laughs> I thought you'd give me something off of oh, that. Oh, no, I thought you were hitting um, the play button. I was waiting <laughs> no. Wait. Oh, yeah, right. I thought you like, had something to say. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Wait, do you want me to play the spot from I, uh, Flavor Flav? I thought you had some audio. Bit. You said instant feedback. I do have some audio. <laughs> I do have some feedback. I have a speak pipe from Dustin in St. Louis. This is Dusty. All right, hold on. Is this the one that. Hello, guys. This is Dustin from St. Louis, Missouri. I just wanted to say that. Your podcast makes Disgraceland look like utter Woodstock 99 litter garbage. You destroy Woodstock or Disgraceland. 
probably have the funniest podcast in all of history. I'm worried, though, because the most recent episode I see is from February of 2021. If your podcast is gone, I will have very few reasons to live. So, you fellas need to come up with some more music stories, please, to get me through my drive to work. (laughs) Bye. Love you. And, by the way, (laughs) always trust a big butt and a smile. Dusty from St. Louis, everybody. All right. Well, the only reason we're doing it now from now on, from day, from today, from now from today, today, from the end of time. Okay. It's for Dusty. It's for Dusty. Is, there you go. Dusty, don't forget Val, the mad Canadian, and Michelle. Super oh, hey, we're doing a friend, but I mean, from now us. on, Dust, okay, Dusty's Dusty. on the list. He's, he's Dusty, you made the list. Uh, we almost quit, and then we got Dusty's now message. Jericho. Uh, you are not kidding, guys. I appreciate the patience and <clears throat> sticking with us because uh, the episodes will come out. Just you know, there's uh, just timing and well, things getting it all together. But uh, we're here. We're still here for you. We're not going anywhere. Well, and 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 we still try to do that, and we're still going to put out content. But we'll get back to we'll, it. I promise, we'll, guys. We get delayed every once in a while. It's not because we don't want. It happens. It's not because we don't want to. Somebody sent me a song, and uh, I'm gonna play it for you. This one right here is from KG Rap Official. All right, this is new new to me. Roll it, Brian. Uh, hello again, Brian and Ben back at it with the podcast so fantastic. I apologize if the technical difficulties are drastic, but we're getting there and we enthusiastic. It wouldn't be a freestyle if I didn't remind y'all never to trust the big butt and a smile. I know that might not be well received, but you can't say you don't agree. Ha, enjoy the show and remember to breathe. Ah. KG Rap Official, everybody. Hey, I... Appreciate that, man. Brought it in to the to the theme song. I know that guy. Dude. I know that guy. Do you yeah. really? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Who is it? That's, I, I, I don't know if I can say his name. You got a ringer? Did you set me no, up? No. Well, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I don't, I don't know if I should tell the audience who that, that was actually a guy named, uh, you might want to look him up on YouTube. His name's Little Dicky. <laughs> that was him. Oh yeah, sure. That was a little. Dicky. You're right. That was hundred percent little dicky. No, who was that, Ryan? That's KG Rap official. That was awesome. I appreciate I, that definitely, yeah. guys. That's awesome. If you guys have other songs that you want to let us uh, play or something that you think we'd like to hear, send it out to us, man. We'll put you on in the, in the feedback section. That was high so, production value. Uh, that was great. Super high production value. All right. There you go. Right. If you've liked what you've heard, please leave us a review. And if you'd like to leave your own feedback, like KG Rap Official or that speak pipe from Dustin in St. Louis, uh, go ahead. Go to our website, crimeandmusic.com. Scroll down to the speak pipe icon. Click the button. You actually don't have to scroll anymore. That's right. I moved it. So it's there. Um, leave us a speak pipe message. Send us an email, feedback at crimeandmusic.com, or go to any of the social medias at Crime and Music. We love hearing from you guys. We love making sure that you got something to listen to on your job, at, at your community doing doing your work thing um so man thank you guys for listening ben you got yeah, anything why else? is why is email so hard for us to do as a society where texting is so easy 
but yet they're the exact same thing. With that sort of thing, I'm going to leave you with these words of wisdom. Never trust a big button to smile. And I'm going to leave you with KG Rap. Uh, hello again, Brian and Ben back at it with the podcast so fantastic. I apologize if the technical difficulties are drastic, but we're getting there and we enthusiastic. It wouldn't be a freestyle if I didn't remind y'all never to trust the big butt and a smile. I know that might not be well received, but you can't say you don't agree. Ha, enjoy the show and remember to breathe. Ah. Wiki wiki what? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.